You're listening to the Dermatology SOS podcast. I'm your host, Claire Darmody, and as always, I'm joined by our SOSers, consultant dermatologists, Professor Katrina Ryan and Professor Nikki Ralph. And we're coming from their beautiful Institute of Dermatologists Clinic in Ballsbridge. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. This week, we're going to chat about hormones and how they impact your skin periods, pregnancy, puberty, menopause, everything in between. And we'll also talk a little bit about hair loss. Um, So I suppose hormones seem to impact our entire bodies, including our skin. And it's probably fair to say it's nearly always in a negative way, is it? Well, no. Um, I think glowy skin in pregnancy (laughs) for some And I think people people also love their hair in pregnancy. Um, Mm. And actually... um, Claire, there's certain skin conditions that improve in, in, in mm. the vast majority of patients in, in pregnancy and um, in psoriasis and, and in eczema, particularly towards the end of the second trimester and in the third trimester, some patients can become free of their disease. So it's a really sort of unique um, uh, moment in time. Yeah, and, 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 and the way their immune system works and everything else. So our hormones definitely have, um, you know, weird and wonderful sort of um, uh, effects on everything. But pregnancy is one time that actually mm. things can improve. Now, other not everybody can, has yes, glowy yes, skin mean, and thicker me, hair yeah. in no, pregnancy. Think, yeah. they? Um, no, I mean, I suppose at the beginning, a lot of people can get breakouts, as they would describe it, for the first trimester. And um, you've got that sur- surge in hormones, just why a lot of people have the same, the morning sickness or the, the hyperemesis of pregnancy. Uh, and then for the majority of people, it does settle down. Uh, for me, it didn't. <laughs> it continued through my whole pregnancy and I actually got cystic acne during my pregnancy. But that wouldn't be the commonest. Uh, thing to happen and you'd never had acne before Nikki. no I had a teenage spot or two like the way pretty much every teenager has had some spots but I didn't have what you would call acne uh, and then it happened when I was 30 when I was pregnant and it so lasted like the whole period yeah of pregnancy. But I, I, I mean definitely something weird going on with my hormones because I had hyperemesis I mean I vomited through the whole nine okay. months including when she was born and lying beside me in the cot I was still vomiting so uh, until about a day later so um, so I definitely had some crazy high levels of hormones that were stimulating that um, but yeah, for, as, as Katrina was saying, luckily for most people, pregnancy actually does improve the majority of skin conditions. But most people do uh, commonly associate hormones with acne. Uh, you know, onset of puberty when your hormones increase. Again, switch of the oral contraceptive pill, um, onset of pregnancy certainly can all cause breakouts. And does everybody's hair get thicker for pregnancy or does anyone suffer from hair loss during pregnancy? I, I did because I think I vomited so much I had no vitamins left. Like we'll get into hair loss yeah. separately but just in pregnancy can yeah, it happen? No, for, the most, for the majority of patients um, they, they see their hair improve and it's not that they're getting more hair. They're not losing They're shedding any. less. Yeah. Yeah. But then the vast majority of women will also have um, they, they will see the after effects yeah. which you know three, three to six months after they have babies um, they will have you know a, a significant shed mm. no matter what way they had their baby um, and that's really normal um, and I think the important thing to tell people is it all comes back yeah. um, you know I'm in the middle of I've got a fringe now this this length from my last baby um, and, and it's really really common um, but hair um, hair people's hair quality seems to improve a little bit during pregnancy too and we're not quite sure why that happens um, and your hair can change after pregnancy like your hair grows back slightly differently doesn't it some people can talk about that and yes. having more, more curly hair as curly well rather straight, yeah. yeah and and the, the again that might pass though it might just be a period of time after the pregnancy and, and the nature of people's skin can change sometimes too i know i know nikki describes her um acne um her her, her bad cystic acne during pregnancy i've probably had about 10 to 15 patients who, who experience the same as nikki but i think even much more frequently than that i've had patients who never had acne in their life before and it was only after their pregnancy or their second pregnancy or yeah. their third they can pinpoint it to after a certain pregnancy 
they started to have breakouts and and for the you know and it, it never abated so they come to me sort of eight nine years down the road saying i was just waiting for it to stop i was just waiting for it to stop they just kept thinking it was the aftermath of pregnancy for eight so or nine years with my yeah, had a few just, pregnancies just, wait, yeah. just wait just waiting just thinking this is going to have to settle down sometime soon i never had acne in my life before you know but at least if you get that as a post-pregnancy and you're not going to be getting pregnant again anytime soon you can go on roaccutane and you can fix the problem whereas if you have pregnancy acne you just have to suck that up yeah it is hard very little really you can hard. treat you with can pregnancy use some acne. topical therapies but they're not very not effective. if it's as bad yeah. as what you're I mean describing. I resorted to pseudocreme during my pregnancy because it would just reduce the inflammation and I certainly would not recommend that to anyone because it's quite a thick substance mm. it's occlusive all it's going to do is block your other pores and then two days later have more spots but it was that bad it was that uncomfortable yeah. it was the only thing that took the edge off it um so so yes yeah, so, so post-pregnancy acne if you have it it's fine to go and look for help like yeah, oh gosh, and do. Yeah, it might yeah, not yeah. go and if it's yeah. going to go on its own someone will tell you that but at least get it looked at don't leave it too Absolutely. long and especially if it's causing any scars um claire i think that's the big thing that if um if there are you know even if you're getting you know one two bad cysts a month Two takes. extra scars yeah, a month yeah. is a huge amount of scars over yeah. over, over a year. So uh, I think that's really really important. Um, and even if it's um, bad acne during your pregnancy, come to a dermatologist. You know there, there are there's, there's uh, some one, stuff you can yeah, use. Yeah, and there, there's some oral antibiotics that you can use that aren't in any way as effective as the usual ones, but they mm. still help. Yeah. anything to reduce things. The scarring likelihood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What about like so periods? I think everyone can say. I remember reading a magazine. You guys will tell me if this is true or not. Now that certain parts of your skin break out depending on what something is you know like um, your chin might be hormonal and other parts might be related to something else is that the case it's just like reflexology yeah no, there are well I suppose in magazines they tend to use the t-zone and the u-zone which is a more modern term as in your t-zone being straight across your forehead straight down your nose and chin but there's so just more concentrated no, no there's more concentrated uh, sebaceous glands there so a lot of people will break out you know in those areas but yes a more female pattern is your jawline acne or this what they call why? Um, it, it is hormonal then, that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and women will often, um, you know, it's not the same for everyone, but, but the vast majority of patients will tell you this breaks out, much, you, know, or, yeah. you know, they may have acne that all the way through, but flares in the week before lead, their yeah. period. Yeah. In that, And that almost um, tells us with more certainty that this is adult hormonal acne, that, that they're, they're experiencing that fluctuation just before their period and, and, and they have a, a flare again. Um, and um, it, it's very, very classic, but it's lower cheeks, um, jawline, upper neck along here tend to be bigger lesions, more deep-seated and can last a lot longer um, and often can be cysts and can, and can leave marks. Oh, so that is another type of acne. I was just thinking of the odd spot you might get around the time that you're due your period yeah. or during but your period. But some women do only get the odd little spot. But they can be yeah. bad So spots. that you but just have to suck up. But if it's really bad... Okay. Any time it's if it's going to leave a mark, you need to go and seek help. You need help. to get help. And there's lots of different options, that, yeah. um, you know, ranging from... Um, you know, there's anti-hormonal, Hormonal you know, spironolactone and whatnot. Versus, yeah. um, you know, roaccutane if, if if it's chronic, more persistent, and it's leaving and scars. So. Um, so you know, there's you know, there's always help. Okay, um, so puberty, as if it's not bad enough, um, that is also one that can increase issues with your skin. I mean, that's when acne often that's starts really to come see, on, yes. isn't I mean, it? Eighty, eighty-five percent of teenagers would all suffer with, you know, acne. Where and that's get a boys and girls will yeah. get that, and yeah. that so is that surge in hormones. So, so it's almost it's almost the norm. It's yeah. not even a condition. Like yeah. when eighty percent of the population are getting at a certain time, it's almost a rite of passage. It's going to happen, and it's knowing how to to, to deal with it. 
Um, but we often will see that or just as you know it, it's almost it can be a sign that a girl is going to start exactly, menstruating yeah. you know in the sort of six months before you know she has her first period you know she starts to get these um, these little breakouts and whatnot and, yeah, a few and it can be sign. Is kind of sign so exactly purely a hormonal issue then really is a hormonal skin issue it's not purely hormonal there's a, a few different things at play but a- absolutely the hormones are involved and a lot of the treatments um, address you know um, hormone receptors and our response of hormones to, to you know um, the, res- the response of our glands to hormones so like periods and pregnancy and we'll talk about menopause maybe and perimenopause they're all female problems mm-hmm. is like are hormones more impactful on women's skin than men other than puberty well yeah. m- men go through puberty too, too yeah, yeah, yeah but other yeah. than puberty that with both genders boys, you after that oh the, the rest yeah. of the time absolutely yeah. the, you mean the fluctuations absolutely and the yeah. things that change with time and because it lasts men for longer unfortunately in women up to 40% of acne. women into their 40s yeah. still be grumbling whereas less up to 20% so men don't have any hormonal issues with their skin beyond puberty now if they had acne and it doesn't move on fair enough but other than that they don't have anything much less so much the, less the only thing that sort of changes um, and it's not due to their hormone levels um, men depending on the sensitivity of their hair follicles to testosterone um, they, they can more rapidly okay, so bold about but that isn't to do with their hormones that. as yeah. such yeah. yeah so no um, I think yeah, we, yeah we're, we're yeah. at the mercy of our <laughs> hormones again <laughs> and we are in every way yeah. Um, yeah. it's not just our skin it's our it can be our moods it can weight. be our our weight yeah. it can be our, our mental status it can be our anxiety levels everything yeah um, and I think we're only becoming more aware of that with time especially when it comes to menopause and, and things like that it, it, the con- some certain contraception I suppose really the contraceptive pill like that can be often used to help skin issues whether yeah. that's something people choose to do or not is can contraception give you bad skin can sometimes you have a bad you know if you put on the coil or um the implant or the patch depending on what you choose can that sometimes show in your skin that it doesn't suit you in, in certain patients um the, the the systemic um progesterone onlys can can cause acne for mm-hmm. you know acne eruptions to be worse for sure um not so much the coil you know that's a great a yeah. very Tiny very rarely that that would yeah. because it's 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 negligible and it's really only locally that that affects things and, I, and that by that I'm talking about the Marina, Kylina, yeah. um, uh, Jadis um, but certainly um, the, the oral progesterone only pill can can worsen um, acne and sometimes hair loss mm. um, and, and the Implanon can also do the same. And can it also help clear up your skin? The, with the combined oral combined contraceptive one can, so the estrogen progesterone one so sometimes okay. people will say, like they may have been on the combined oral contraceptive pill their skin was great because it's suppressing uh, their acne and then they, and then they get it. headaches you know suffer with migraine or something and then they might be switched to progesterone only and then they can they're obviously coming off the other one and they can get breakouts okay um, so the two that I want to ask about as well for um, I suppose women of menstruating age is polycystic ovary syndrome that has pretty serious skin associations as well what are the main things with that so i mean i think i think 10 percent of women in ireland depending on the definition you know it's some definitions are very strict and 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 that criteria about two percent would but you know depending how on how uh how you define it up to 10% yeah. of people have PCOS. different features of it mm. um, for sure so and it, it's really common acne or hirsutism which is kind of terminal hair growth or darker hair growth oh often God, you know yeah. along your jawline and chin um, some women have thinning of the hair um, so you can have thinning uh, up here and, and also too much down here so the opposite way that you don't it so, so um, it's your, your that's all hormonal stuff isn't it really well it's it's the balance of your hormones so so what we consider that the more male hormones or androgen hormones um, uh 
you know, versus the, the, the estrogen um, type of um, hormones, the balance is more towards the androgen ones, which stimulate um, hair on the face and on the lip and on the chest and around the, the nipples sometimes mm-hmm. as well, um, versus the effects of male hormones on, on the scalp hair, which will be to reduce the hair in, in the same mm-hmm. way as, as, as men do as well. And then um, um, having the hormonal acne as well. Um, and some people can struggle with weight as well because of the balance of hormones. So, and um, I also read dark skin patches for some people with PCOS. Is that something you'd see commonly? N- n- not so commonly. No. It's really the yeah. hair and the it's face. The hair and the and the acne, and, yeah, acne. Yeah, yeah. and we have lots of patients like that, and it's it's very very common and easily treated as well. It's it's not it's not a devastating di- diagnosis, um, and um, it's just managing it well and with the right treatments. And there's certain treatments that can work for all aspects of it. Like there's a, a very easy drug called spironolactone we use in, in patients who have the hirsutism with the female pattern hair loss and, and the, the adult acne, acne. Yeah. And, and using that um, can suffice. Um, for, for a lot of patients absolutely yeah. and is that the only condition that will give women kind of a lot of facial hair growth or is there other conditions that can give you that there, there's lots sure that of would make lots of women very paranoid having absolutely um you know some people it's just genetic um you know their 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 mother was the same it's just it's it's just um the norm for them um and, and other patients it's, it's hormones um and do you guys I, treat that here we, we do yeah we, we do it for medical reasons um what you'll also notice is that happens um, in women as it comes as as they approach menopause and go past it again because of hormones the balance yeah. of the hormones shift yeah. as our estrogen decreases um you know we have we the balance goes more towards the the, the androgen um levels and um i'm already seeing more terminal hair um you know on my, on my jawline and whatnot too um another reason that i'll be down at the cosmetic suite <laughs> uh, so um but that that's something that lots of women um have issues with and it's all about um you know keeping these things controlled yeah um endometriosis is that any skin impact sometimes all the time ever no, no. I mean, it doesn't mean they couldn't get acne like that, you know, but, but no, it might, I don't see it's not specific. openly relatable the way PCOS can have some skin related issues. No. Endometriosis, no. No. not that there's not yeah. enough going on with people with endometriosis, but it doesn't yeah. have any real impact on the skin. So that one, at least you're saved from. And um, so the treatments for endometriosis can have sometimes. Oh, um, okay. So, so some, some of them can, yeah. you know, the, the hormonal treatments, Therapies. but not endometriosis itself. Okay, yeah. but the treatments that you could be on for that might end up yeah. having another, which again is messing with your hormones, which is going to potentially yeah. Yeah. Okay. it's all to do with the hormonal shifts. Yeah. yeah. So perimenopause and menopause, what happens to your skin for those things? Oh God, <laughs> nothing good. Yeah. Um, no, um, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Well, because um, I'm, really. I'm, I'm in that era now. Um, so I suppose that the most important things when it comes to, um, to your skin, um, is is the reduction in, 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 in the collagen content within your skin. So within the, the first five years, you lose 30% of the collagen content, which it obviously, you know, greatly um, changes how tight your skin is. Your skin becomes more lax, more loose, more wrinkles, more sagging of the gels and whatnot as well. The other thing you really notice with your skin um, in, in, the, in the menopausal years is that it becomes drier. Mm-hmm. You know, the usual fat component of the outer layer diminishes. So really important to moisturize. Um, to change your skincare regimen some people you have used this, the same skincare regimen for years and years and years 
and then it's just not cutting it and it's because they need more lipid or fat you content you can even see as you get like that bit older like how powdery makeup is not as good for you yeah. as maybe yeah. cream based makeup mm. because it's just going to sit in between those lines or your skin already looks dry so putting a drier thing on it is going to make wrinkles, it worse yeah. whereas if you have yeah. younger skin that might sit it's better like on it skin. yeah and I think mm. older people might think that the cream blushes and stuff are not for them but they'd actually be better on an older uh-huh. skin and it's, it's something simple as that might not make it look as creppy mm-hmm. or as dry mm. absolutely um, and is then that around in, it's anywhere in your 40s onwards you've well, been thinking I mean, about some these people, things like late 30s like it's just for yeah, definitely it'll start drying yeah. the collagen will start yeah. to okay um, and and then there's the other obvious changes that we have as we go into the menopause um, you know we've talked about in other episodes about the volume loss um, that we see in the face you know particularly the bony loss the, the loss of the fat in the face um, and of Claire's course with that laxity sagging fat yes. Yes. Yeah. but if that in ways like if you're very thin as well that's going to become more pronounced really even though like as we know that if someone's very thin if they're naturally thin I think they probably usually look normal in that way because that's their natural go-to but I've seen people older that you're like a little bit of weight would actually make them look yeah, a little better. A little bit more gaunt. A little yeah. bit, yeah. And you lose too much weight at that time. And it it's hard really to balance that because you might not yeah. want anywhere else, but in your face, it yeah, can look it can not show look, there often. Yeah, first. yeah, you won't. You know, like people a bit plumper faces don't look as old. Yeah. So that's you really the easiest really way of saying it. And, 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 and that's, that's probably why mean. so many people are arriving in for fillers. Yeah. You know, it's because yes. they, they recognise that that they look more gaunt, that their face must be Yeah, it certainly does. So all of those things, and and then you pigment more easily when you're when you're in in the menopause so you know the the patchy pigmentation people see the broken veins people see all of that pigmentation is that like your skin tone being so i suppose sunspots that you yeah so the the brown brownish areas yeah i mean people use the term age spots because they kind of come with age but it's that patchy brownness that you see now there is melasma which is kind of separate in that that we used to call that like the pregnancy mask because that can be induced with pregnancy hormones or taking the contraceptive pill for example and some women are just prone to it in certain ethnicities are more prone to it and that's treated a bit differently because we might often treat that topically first and then maybe they would have IPL but um, IPL is, is great for that so everything's going to sag and drop look on think of loads of broken <laughs> capillaries and then just things are just going to start looking <laughs> different like different patches not if you different. maintain your skin use your bra stress and sunscreen <laughs> it's going to dry up a bit of IPL yeah. and start flaking off yeah. and the other the other areas though that are important and I, and it's, I think people don't talk about it enough is that you do your skin produces more oil, less oil and less lubricant everywhere and mm-hmm. that includes the vulva yeah, which absolutely. can really affect people yeah. when it comes to, when it comes to sex and I have um, you know sexual activity I have patients who come in and they're almost embarrassed to bring it up but they say listen everything has started to mm. hurt or be uncomfortable down there don't enjoy having sex and it's that they, their, their skin has become yeah. so dry mm. because it does it, not it, sound like the most unfair thing out of all the things <laughs> is, is it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse yeah, yeah, yeah. the dryness I think for women you do feel for them you hear like I remember when we were working on radio programs and people would get involved about menopause one really interesting one is anxiety that's an amazing Mm. one I know that's not hormonal but we would have talked about menopause on a programme I produced loads of times and it's a really good conversation because it's not had enough at all and loads of people including men aren't told and don't understand the situation but one one woman rang in to one of the programmes and she said about having anxiety and I'd never known about anxiety being um, Mm. a symptom of it and so many women rang that day and were like literally stopping their cars they were like thank you just for naming it because yeah. they never had anxiety there's ever. lots of women who are put on anti yeah but they didn't they didn't link it to the yeah. you know and I think it was hot flushes and maybe they do talk about the dryness actually but yeah. the anxiety and
and some of the skin issues aren't talked about enough. So. Oh, listen, I think a I lot think of women talk about their hot flushes to their friends, but they wouldn't even necessarily talk about the vaginal dryness. But no. I think if they don't have the hot flushes, if they don't have the hot flushes or they don't, I think one of the biggest issues is people don't recognise that they are menopausal. Mm. So everybody's annoying them. They're irritable. They're getting anxious about things. They're feeling, feeling overwhelmed at things that didn't overwhelm them in the past. They don't want to have sex with a partner anymore. You know, not just the dryness. They don't have it's the libido either. Yeah. And at no point have they recognised, actually, you know, I, I, my life isn't falling apart. I'm just menopausal and I, I need major tea or I need to be helped or whatever else. It's that they don't even know that they have it. And, and that's when they go to their GP and, 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 and they maybe put on an antidepressant yeah. or an anti-anxiety pill. So I think so, so, is so that much... like perimenopause where you're coming into that, some of those symptoms are coming yeah, it's, on. It's, it's, it's really subtle. It's slow over years. And that's why I think people don't recognise They don't recognise it. And have one symptom at a time and you're not you're just saying I'm tired and then maybe they have small kids and that's why they think they're irritated irritated all of these and and you know and and it's the time people's kids you know they they have busy lives at that time between work family whatever else too um, and um, they they don't recognise it and Mm. this is where a lot of the issues come from Um, and and I'd say there's marriage breakdown as a result because you know people are generally unhappy and you know they don't want to be intimate and and, and if you don't talk about it openly then you know they don't don't even know what's happening with them them. so I think you know recognising if you're noticing any of that, these mm. things, mm. you know, you could be menopausal and your and your hormone levels don't have to be abnormal yet. No. It's sort of a transitionary yeah. period. Um, yeah, a lot of women ask about that, oh, if I just check my hormones, but you check the bloods, the bloods are normal at that stage, It's but they're still having symptoms. Uh, and I look after a lot of women who have, unfortunately, scarring, inflammatory conditions that can affect the genital skin. But often when you treat that still some of their symptoms are there and it's only when you add in some of the topical estrogens that suddenly they get really good yeah. symptom relief particularly VagiFem and Absolutely. some of and I was going to ask yeah. is there anything you can do about the vaginal dryness yeah. as in other topical, than topical, topical estrogen there's yeah. nothing you can change in your own internal system that will bring well, that well actually the, the topical estrogen helps the, those um, those oil glands and the secretory glands to, 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 to lubricate the again. area again. Yeah. Yeah. but more importantly to thicken up the, the, the vaginal wall um, and the skin around there again. Yeah, yeah enjoy yeah, more yeah, enjoyable because yeah, yeah. that's yeah. It's, it's such an important part of our life absolutely yeah. yeah and I think as you said there's so much else going on that at least if you don't have to give that up and top everything else that would help <laughs> well it's a release so um, and then after menopause which I know feels like it probably goes on for 40 years for some poor women but like then is everything does your skin get even drier and as life goes so on so it, continu- it continues it continues yeah. it gets worse with time yeah, sorry I'm, I'm being very negative here um, we're honest you can, you, can, you, can, you can continue to lose that collagen over time is what I should say but with good skincare and routine and that kind of thing well, what yeah. you have to do is try and do everything you can to restore it so um, you know everything you can do to plump up collagen but also add in more um, moisturising to your regimen mm. really really mm. important like you know it's not just about and it's not just your face because we see a lot of what we call like dermatitis of the elderly where men and women would just report drier skin in general particularly lower legs yeah, and, and, they and just, upper and back and they suffer with maybe dermatitis on top of it and stuff so getting them to moisturise the body once a day yeah. because you have you have the ageing issues on top of the, the hormonal issues mm. if you know, like as in men's skin gets drier with, ti- with, with time as, as well, well in a very slow way um, and then and then uh, the hair is the other thing that probably yeah. um, accelerates yeah. then as well in the um, so if it wasn't bad enough already Claire 
but how much hair loss is considered normal? Because we do at different times of the year, different times, you will shed a little yeah. hair, and that's not a concern. To 50 day. to 100 a day is, is yeah. what we quote as the normal. Yeah. So, and actually, if Which you've is ever why had your pregnancy, you don't lose any, and then you lose it no, all. You, no, you do lose you some, do lose, but you, you're kind of going into growth phase, and as opposed to shedding, and then afterwards. It's not that you don't lose yeah. any. It kind of makes yeah. up for because, the difference. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. normal is 50 to 100 a day, and I a tell day. everyone that. Yeah, yeah because mm. people, once you've ever experienced hair loss, and I don't know if you've ever had it, Claire, but I've had some, I've had a few significant periods of telogen and fluvium over my life. Um, you know, obviously the pregnancies, but twice mm. when my vitamin D level was very low as well. Um, and when you see it come out, mm. afterwards, you see every hair that falls from your head forever. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, yeah. I don't see hundreds no, of hairs fall out of my head Katrina has day. dark hair and I have like blonde hair and definitely patients who have darker hair. It's like see over it a more. white sink. They definitely... Like notice it. it more whereas I wouldn't actually notice my hair falling out because you wouldn't necessarily see mm. it against the white but it's certainly happened plenty of times including even during my pregnancy because I was just so sick with vitamin deficient that it wasn't it was just everything you don't really need your hair and nails really to survive they're surplus to requirement essentially so your body you know focuses its energy and internally and then these will just shed I lost three nails and my hair as well so that was great um, and Survivor. then had a telogen effluvium after pregnancy which was great so 50 to 100 a day for normal age people mm-hmm. People, normal yeah. good quality hair yeah. from an aging point of view like so, some more hair thinning is normal but if, if you're not like what like when should you start to be worried about hair so, so i suppose um it depends on the pattern as well the, the, say, yeah yeah so so actually as you age you don't lose anymore um claire it, what actually happens sorry if we're talking about female pattern hair loss like the, the yes. type mm. that you know happens to to some women in, in their 20s 30s 40s but you know it's really it really increases in the postmenopausal mm-hmm. time you know about 50 percent of women at the age of 70 have, have some degree of female pattern hair loss what happens there is you're you're shedding your hairs in the same way as normal no extra shedding they're not seeing extra in the shower or anything else like that what's happening is you're not reproducing the hairs so the first thing that happens to a, to a normal hair is a normal hair follicle is that it gets really skinny and small shrivels up and then it goes away and once it's gone like once there's no hole there if, if you think if you like there's no follicle left it's not going to come back in the same way as you know in a man who is bald you know the shiny head yeah. there's no little holes for hairs to come out of anymore so once the follicle is gone it's gone forever um, and that happens slowly over time so you've got you're seeing less you're seeing more and more white of the scalp you know because there's yeah, less there's hairs being, between the hairs being and not everybody gets that so there's some not everyone no. who yeah. have a shock great, great head of hair, yeah. 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 hair. Yeah. Same, it's in the same way there, mm. there's men you know 80% of, of men have it at the age of 70 some degree of, of male pattern hair loss but 20% have the same hair that they had when they were younger. That's genetic. They're blessed. And, and actually yeah. women do better than men if you, if you think about it because... It's about the only one thing. It's the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's something. My yeah. God. Yeah. But I think... But mostly women don't suffer from hair loss to the same level as men no. do from a Not normal aging point of view. Not that female pattern hair loss versus male pattern hair loss. That type. Yeah. Now the other types... Yes. Um, so telogen effluvium, the one we've just described is, when you have alopecia? stress and juice. Alopecia just Shedding. means hair loss. Yeah. Alopecia yeah. doesn't... You know, alopecia is a catch-all for any type of hair loss. So there's lots of different types of alopecia. So the one you're talking one about. One is ma- male pattern, female no, pattern. Yeah, tel- telogen effluvium is the shedding. As so opposed to, you don't have like bald patches, so to speak. We just have ec- increased shedding, shedding after you have a baby, after you have a big surgery. surgery stress after on the body. COVID. So, COVID, absolutely. The last saying. year and a half, just COVID shed. has had, obviously, if you're very unwell with COVID, and even some people who weren't that unwell with COVID, I've had them come in telling me they'd be there for something else and their hair is shedding and now it's suddenly starting to recover itself. And they didn't oh, have yeah. COVID. They were just running around like headless chickens or, no, or, or yeah. something. 
people actually stress. had COVID. Some people who, oh, yeah, some people as well, well who did yeah. have COVID. So but that's through just the stress of the stress whole lockdown, yeah. or having actual COVID, surgeries, pregnancies, all those things are going to re- 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 end up having some hair loss. But that's just shedding, shedding. more shedding. Yeah. We don't back. have both. You still have yeah. your hair follicles to grow back. Yeah. Mm. Then there's alopecia areata, and I think that's what you're talking about when there's bald patches in the scalp, so circular patches mm. that people lose, like or they lose all of person, them. Um, she has that sometimes has happened yeah. over and it comes back and then it comes back and it seems to be stress related yeah. yeah and then i know a man who has like every you know like lost all his hair and all his eyelashes and eyebrows and everything okay. never came back yeah and um, yeah. so the the that wall patching one is they're both the same areata, the ones you just talked about areata. so so alopecia areata is an immune driven hair loss and and it starts like a ball patch you know that's completely no hairs in it and it can come back that the very most extreme extreme form of that is your friend who lost all of all of his hair and his eyebrows and his eyelashes um, and it's immune driven you know in the same way as psoriasis or eczema but we is. don't know what causes it so again there's usually a little yeah. bit of genetics yeah. and a little bit of environment mm. often they may have had eczema sometimes more so, prone yeah, to it, yeah they're more prone to eczema um, more prone to having thyroid issues or vitamin B12 issues and maybe um, just immune issues yeah. in, in general sometimes a stressful event has tri- triggered it yeah. but often nothing mm. they just arrive in and they say I was in the hairdressers and she said did you know about your two bowl patches you know they're back there and they didn't know about them. And all of a sudden they start to increase in size or whatnot. So we see a lot of this mm. here. We see a lot of alopecia areata here um, in both kids and in and, and adults. Mm. So yeah. in some, it's the, it's the same name, but in extreme cases it all falls out. But in the that's called the universalis. universalis. But it's, it's still alopecia areata. But it's alopecia areata universalis. And it might never come back. Or it may. It may. You know, we've got you know, better drugs nowadays that yeah. we use. Mm. Um, and there are, of course, for the alopecia areata, they can just recover themselves often by the time they might have gone to their GP and then they come in and they start to see you see these fine little baby white hairs starting to grow back and then slowly but surely they're repigmenting themselves and growing but we can help it we have you know we sometimes inject with steroids and then we give them topical treatments at home to help it grow back and how successful very successful yeah very successful and then for the people who have more severe alopecia areata like you know most of their scalp gone or all of it gone and their eyebrows and eyelashes there's newer immune drugs um, or not so new they've been around for a good while yeah, that can be helpful in about half of the patients so you know I, I've had patients who haven't you know haven't had any hair for 10 years that it had to all come back no yeah. way so you know that's not everyone and actually the longer it's all that's been gone the, longer the worse gone. The, the, the worse chance is, yeah. they have no yeah, no yeah. it's true the lesser chance that they have um, you know you really want to get them before it's five years gone that's what the, all the studies show um, but it can be helpful and and God Claire you and know when, when I think gone, about yeah. um, you know all of my patients that you know with psoriasis and the trauma they've they've had to go through to, to lose all of your hair um, including your eyelashes and eyebrows and for men losing their eyebrows can can be very strange because it looks very strange when they draw draw them on it's really really tough really 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 tough and nobody understands it unless they're in 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 the situation themselves um and in a way we might wrongly think um oh it's just your worst for women because like but it's not you know it's different it's It's different and if you did have to wear a hairpiece temporarily we're trying to treat it's nearly easier i think for women to wear much easier for women and it's much easier for women to, to yeah. draw and on they can even also draw um, them on anyway. cover over Stylist. the small patches exactly, because you yeah. can just tie it yeah. up and yeah. 
Whereas with men, it's men, not. men can, they can, get in their beard men can as well have sometimes. shaved heads and whatnot, but it's the eyebrows that are the most mm. challenging for it's when I ask men, it's the eyebrows that bother them the most because if they draw them on, they look so strange. And feminine, it's feminine, it's, yeah. isn't it? And if they don't, it looks they say that they look like an alien or they looks they like they're going like through cancer like treatment. Chemo, yeah. um, oh and God, and they, yeah. they so they find and it's very hard in the workplace. So um, how common is this? So two percent of people can develop yeah. alopecia areata at some point in their, you know, they develop it, um, but the actual severe form universalis is, is quite rare. Um, although you know, I've, I've, I've although we seem to have plenty of yeah. recently, recently yeah. yeah. When is the time to go and see a dermatologist about hair loss? Oh, straight, straight away. away. Yeah, if the you've any little patch yeah, at yeah, all, like not shedding, can, just no, any little patch at all. And even if it's, will you know if it's the difference between just too much shedding and a patch, like? Yeah, well, shedding is just them generally describing that their so hair even is wet, after but you baby won't and see stuff. a bald patch. It's only if yeah, you start yeah. to feel actual. A bald patch. Yeah, yeah. Or for the female or male pattern hair loss, because we treat lots of males here too. Mm. Um, you know the way I said that once the follicle is gone, it's gone? You know, it kills me how many women come in, you know, 10 years too late to me. Mm-hmm. If only they come at the beginning, I'd have had them on all the medications to prevent the progression of it. So actually for that type of hair, hair loss, it's even more important in some ways because once the hair, the hair follicle is gone, it, it can't come back. Mm. That's why I think we talked about it in the men episode, like if you have any hair loss at all in that respect, start using Rogaine. Regain. Regain. Yeah, and yeah, and, and then, then come and see somebody as the, soon the as possible. Because the, the, the sooner it's a progressive condition, so you have to... And so we it. talked about this briefly before, but hair transplants for men, like you still need to have follicles there for them to work? So No, no. Um, so for hair transplants... Like for, a completely bald man can't have a hair transplant. Well, no, you need to have a donor yeah. site. So you need to have enough hair okay. to donate the hair forward. For women, it's a little bit, um, it can be trickier because... Can women have hair transplants? Yes, they yeah, absolutely yeah. can um, for female pattern hair loss. But um, it's much easier if they have a receding hairline than if they have just diffuse loss throughout. Because mm-hmm. um, where you put it. You're placing it more localised. Yes. Um, and, and I, you know, I would, it's very important mm-hmm. to go to the right people for, for a hair transplant. You know, we would refer, I refer some of my patients for hair transplant. Um, but it's really important to have it done the right, by the right, right people. Like and everything, the right like everything else, yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's not just about transplanting your hair and that's it. You may be still using topical therapies, taking oral medication. So it's not like a one-stop shop, you get a hair transplant because the condition is still progressive. So okay. you have to then and maintain is it more, the um, more, does it happen more in men than women? The, the alopecia. Yeah. alopecia areata um, no, no, no it's similar no. Yeah. Yeah. but the it's the, the same is the it? genetic type or androgenetic is more at an earlier men. age much more common in men yeah. okay so yeah. after this then you're going to check my hair and then you're going to look at all my moulds <laughs> and then I'm going to get in and do a quick run around all the machines <laughs> <laughs> that's great thanks a million thank you thanks. thank you for listening to the Dermatology SOS podcast for more information you can see us online or on Instagram at Institute of Dermatologists Talk to you soon.